So Meadowbrook seeks to connect people to Christ and to his church and grow them as disciples to be disciplers and to equip them to serve through missions, ministry, and worship to the glory of God. That is what we do. So we're in a little series right now concentrating on that vision of the church. And today, I want to focus on what it means to connect at Meadowbrook. So Meadowbrook is a congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. It's part of our statement of beliefs that you'll find on our website. I want to spend some time thinking about that today and what it means to be at a covenant faith fellowship and what it means to be one with Christ and one with each other. And by the end of our time, I'm going to invite you to connect to Meadowbrook. You might say, well, I'm already a member at Meadowbrook. Well, that's great. I'm going to invite us all to connect to Meadowbrook and to have it as our initiative to connect people to Christ and to his church, Meadowbrook. So let's concentrate on those points that are found in your handout today, and let's concentrate on some passages that I think ought to be relative to our thinking. Meadowbrook aims to be a faithful fellowship, one that is in union with Christ and union with each other. That is expressed well in the epistle of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, be unified in Christ. The call that Christ has given to you, be unified in that. Walk in a manner worthy of that of Christ. Walk as Christ has walked. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So you see what he's doing there? He's calling us individually to be unified in Christ, but that individual call of unity in Christ is also shared among the unity of the faith family. So he's calling us to be unified together, and the unity is described as being humble and gentle and patient and bearing one another with love. Look what he says in verse 4, and this is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one faith, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So he's encouraging unity, unity with Christ, unity with one another, and that that would be very well demonstrated. Let me focus on a couple of aspects of that. One is that we would be faithfully unified with Christ. What does that mean to be faithfully unified in Christ? Well, we know Christ through his word. In fact, we believe the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the revelation of God and very specifically that he has been revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is God incarnate. That is, he is God in the flesh. He is altogether God and altogether man who came for the purpose to dwell among us. And he lived perfectly, lived righteously. He died, though, a sinner's death, taking our sin and death upon himself that he might pay the demands of holy and righteous justice. He died, he was buried, he resurrected, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back again to establish his kingdom. We believe that Jesus Christ In him, we are spiritually born again, ushered from a kingdom of darkness and into a kingdom that is really radically transformed. It's a kingdom of light. 
And we are ushered into that kingdom of the Son. And one day that kingdom is going to be not just spiritual, but it is going to be physical as well, and it will last for all eternity. We believe that those who are unified with Christ by faith live in a spiritual kingdom right now as kingdom citizens, and we are empowered by God to live gloriously with his nature, with his indwelling spirit in each of us. In a covenant relationship established and provided by Jesus Christ, we live by faith and choose to be radically different from those who love the world and the things of the world, treasuring those things. Instead, we seek not the world, we seek the kingdom of God first in all things. We're unified in that. Being in union with Christ is to be one with him in spirit and in life. That is, we live with Christ and we live like Christ to be unified in him. Now, the reason why that is so essential is, number one, that is our salvation, and that is the expression of our salvation. But when you and I live in unity with Christ, we then can live with great unity with one another. You find unity in Christ, you'll find unity of fellowship. When Kay and I have great unity in our marriage, it's because we have great unity with Christ. And the times that we have struggled in our marriage is the times that I or she have not been unified in Christ Jesus. If you're struggling in your family, check your unity with Christ. If you're struggling at your workplace, check the unity that you have with Christ. If you're struggling in school, check the unity of Christ. For when you find the unity with Christ and his love fills you, it will flow out of you and grace will flow out of you and forgiveness will flow out of you and mercy will flow out of you when you're unified in Christ. Unity with Christ, unity with one another. So be faithfully unified to one another. As we live in unity with Christ, we have the indwelling of his spirit. His word instructs us and his coming again motivates us to live radically different from those around us in the world. We begin to treat others with the measure of grace and love and mercy and forgiveness that God has given to us. When we receive that, we reciprocate it by sharing it with others. Unity with Christ, unity with others. Now, you'll notice in your handout and on the screen that there are multiple ways that that is demonstrated in the Apostle Paul and many of the epistles, and John as well in his epistle, give us some direction on how we ought to be unified in the expression of that unity with one another. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I've given you all the references in your handout, so you might want to just take note of those. But number one, he says, when we're unified together, we will care for and serve one another. In fact, with every opportunity given to us, he says, serve one another. Especially, he says, serve those of the household of faith. So we ought to be serving one another. We ought to build each other up. As I would tell my boys when they were having their little wrestling matches and boxing matches and shouting matches at my house, I'd say, hey, time out. You're going to experience that in the world, but in this house, this house is going to be a place where we build each other up, not tear each other down. I want to declare to you in the unity that we have in Jesus Christ that Meadowbrook will not be a place where we tear each other down, but instead we will build one another up. If you've come today with an attitude looking to look down on somebody and tear them down to make yourself feel better, just get unified in Christ and start building somebody up. Build them up. Treat them with love and affection that God has treated you 
in the love and affection of Christ Jesus. Devote yourself to do good works. Titus, uh, Paul writes, Titus chapter 3, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. And when you see an urgent need, go towards it. He says, love well and show that love well. There's nobody that shows love as well as Jesus who laid down his life for us. And as he has laid down his life for us, we determine to lay our life down for one another. And then we see more people, other people, as more significant than ourselves. That's the wonders of Christ, that he left his throne of riches and he impoverished himself, that he might dwell among us, that he might make us rich. And in the same way, we do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility we count other people as more significant than ourselves. We look not just to our own interests, but the interest of others. That's what it means to be unified in Christ with one another. So that's what Meadowbrook is all about. But look at the second aspect of what it means to be part of Meadowbrook, connected to Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook faithfully embraces, teaches, and defends the truths of the Bible. Now, we are living in a post-truth era. Truth just doesn't seem to matter anymore. People are making it up as they go. We live in a strange twilight zone life where people easily and eagerly move away from reality. Have you noticed that? As people's thoughts and behaviors conflict with values, fundamental values, when they conflict with that, rather than moving their behavior to the value that is true and right, they shift the value and they discount the value. They discount the truth. They just make up a whole nother statement other than truth. Even though the truth might be eternal in its biblical value, they are likely to shift the value rather than to shift their behavior. Many people no longer attempt to hide or cover up their sinfulness. They simply redefine or deny what is sin. Truth is so rejected in the world today that many are greatly offended when truth is actually spoken. As we move forward in this culture, as the culture is progressively degrading you and I ought to know with certainty that we are going to be attacked more and more. The more truth we share, the more bitterness will be expressed towards us. Know that. Don't sway from biblical truth. Biblical truth is eternal truth. It always has been and always will be. Don't fall for the sway. Don't fall for the shifting of values. Attempt to live your life in a way that is that of the Word of God. Now, when we attempt to live or lead our life with a make-it-up-as-you-go mentality or with identity politics, then chaos is going to ensue. It is utterly ridiculous because the universe exists with fixed laws. There are laws of nature. There's laws of science. There are laws of math. And there are laws of God that are not shifting. They don't change. Those laws are laws that are not giving. You can call a pig a duck, but in the end, the side of the pig is going to taste like bacon, isn't it? 
because that's what it is. You can say gravity no longer exists, but as you are trying to prove your argument, it's ludicrous when you are falling from the sky. You can say that the law of God no longer applies to life, but one day you will stand before him and he requires you to give an account of everything done in measure to his Bible. There are laws that are not shifting. My friend, truth matters. Biblical truth eternally matters. God's truth matters so much that he has written it on the heart of every individual and he will hold every individual accountable to the truth. He will hold us accountable. Now, laws, natures, have no grace and no mercy. Have you noticed that? Nature's laws are unforgiving. If you fall out of a tree, you're going to feel pain when you hit the ground. Viral infections don't care if you're a nice person or not. They don't care if you have pre-existing comorbidity issues or not. The virus has a law, and it's destruction. In April, the warm, moist air coming from the Gulf of Mexico rising towards our state that collides with a southern-northern front collides with that, and that condition where hot air rises and cool air falls will create a tornadic environment. Whether we like tornadoes or not, that's science, and it is always unrelenting. The law of God is that way. Now, people get confused with this because the law of nature has no grace, it has no mercy. But God, in his love, is demonstrating grace and mercy. And that really confuses people because some people think because God is extending measures of grace and forbearance that he is long-suffering. Some people think that denying or rejecting or breaking his law doesn't matter because there doesn't seem to be consequences to it. But everyone needs to know that violating God's spiritual, moral, and biblical law may or may not have immediate effects because he is extending mercy and grace, but there are eternal consequences, and they are absolute. Without a doubt, the United States is suffering tremendously in consequences today for breaking God's laws. Sexual immorality, killing of the unborn, the, un, the injustice, greed, racism, violence, the rejection of God and his word, all of those are having significant impact on our country. However, the crises that we are experiencing right now pales in comparison to the horror of hell that will be eternally experienced by those who reject truth. Listen what the Bible says. It's a warning in Romans chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. But because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience in doing well seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are seeking self-seeking and not obeying truth but obeying unrighteousness there will be wrath and fury now because we love God and because we love people Meadowbrook embraces teaches 
and defends biblical truth. There is too much at stake for us not to do that. I'm not going to be a pastor, and we are not going to be a church that wants popularity. We want truth, and God has given it to us. And so we're going to point it out, and we're going to proclaim it, and we're going to teach it in our life group, and we're going to embrace it personally, and we're going to live it out to the measure that God allows us to by his grace. So even though we will expect more pushback from the cancel culture and more intolerance from the progressives and more attempts to stifle the proclamation of truth from the full counsel of God's word, we will remain faithful to God's word, living it, teaching it, and defending it at all times. Let it be evident in each of us that this church, individually and collectively, has submitted to God's word, allowing the word of God to be the governor of our life. Let it be true. Then number three, Meadowbrook functions like a body, exercising God's gifts, service, and activities to the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is one of my favorites to go to when I'm talking about church life and church membership. Here's what it says. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let me just say that one again. To each we have been given the manifestation of the Spirit. Every one of us, don't discount what the Spirit is doing. Every one of us has the Spirit's manifestation, and that manifestation is for the common good. And when you tell somebody, oh, it's how great you're talented, how great a teacher you are, how, how wonderful it is that you can make, you have the Midas touch. Let me just remind you what God says of us as a unified body. The talent is not for you. The ability is not for you. The means to make money is not for you alone. That is a manifestation of God's spirit in you for the good of the body. Don't make this an individual thing. You are not at your own. I'm not my own. My life, your life has been given unto God and God says my life has been given unto my church and let those two be tied together. Let it be evident that what we are, who we are, what we possess, the treasure, the talent, the ability, the skill, the experiences are all used by the Spirit of God for the common good of the body of Christ. He goes on to say, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. If I were going to reduce that down, bullet down to a rue, it would be this. Everyone has a valuable part to play at Meadowbrook. Everybody. There's not a one of you that's discounted. Oh, sure, there might be some that have more talent, more ability, more means. Okay, that's fine. That's up to God. It's up to us to say, God, what you have treasured in me, I will use in a valuable way for your kingdom. I'll use it in your church. Everybody has a wonderful, valuable part to play at Meadowbrook. So church membership is important because you're acknowledging your place within the body of Christ at Meadowbrook. And it lets us know that you're willing to play your part. Let me just be very specific with candor, if I might. If you're here today and you've been attending for a while, 
and you think this is your church, then you have every reason to join in membership. You know why? Because when you join in membership, you're saying, I belong here, and I'm going to serve here, and I'm going to play my part here. This non-committal culture in which we live does not belong to us. We belong to a surrender culture. The surrender culture is our life is given in Christ and our life is afforded to him and we believe that he has given life to us for his own glory. So we're going to live in that way. We're going to be members together. We're going to know who we can count on and be part of the faith family. In terms of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, every member of Meadowbrook is God's gracious provision to the church. Every member is part of God's grace to this church. Each of you has the means of God giving gifts and service and various activities for the faith family. God empowers you to be a blessing to this church. God is manifesting himself through you individually to this church. Don't hold back. Don't damn that up. Let it flow freely. What God wants to grace this church with through you, let it flow freely through you serve and give and be active so that God's gifts will be fully known to this body God desires everyone he calls to be connected to the Meadowbrook faith family to do it wholeheartedly members should view themselves as God's gifts God's service and God's activity to this body and when you do understand that then you'll exchange what will I get for what will I give it won't be a church, what will I get out of it? It'll be a church that you say, what can I give to it? How can I serve it? Now, in the economy of God, you cannot outgive God. When you exercise your gifts, when you sacrificially serve your church, you will receive far more than you give. You cannot outgive Him. Now, although I'm still pretty active in my middle age, as I get older, I begin to debate the risky things that I used to do. You don't hear me saying, hey guys, watch this. I don't do that anymore. As I've grown older through the decades, I've become more and more attached to the limbs that God has given to me. I like the way they're attached and I like the way they work. I like the number of limbs that God has given to me. I like their function. I like being able to see with both eyes. And I like to be able to walk without a limp. You're probably like me. In wisdom and prudence, I now make decisions based on the effect to my whole body. That's a good way for us to think about church membership. We need to be asking ourselves, how will this affect the body of Christ at Meadowbrook? I'm just one member, but how will this affect the body of Christ at Meadowbrook? Giving or withholding, serving or passing, doing or not doing, leaving or staying, it all has consequences and impacts the church in some way. Now you might be thinking, well, I'm an independent person. I'll make my decision based on what I think is best for me. No, no, no. You are not an independent person. You are a faith family. 
made up of individual members. We are not independent, we are intradependent. We are parts connected together, unified together by Christ Jesus, called together by his Holy Spirit, manifestations of God working through us individually for the greater whole. And we need to be thinking that way. If we're going to be all that God wants Meadowbrook to be, we ought to be thinking in those terms. I also realize that the interdependence that my body has if you cut off my hand and separate it from my body, the hand will no longer function. It will affect my entire body. If I have poor eyesight, it will affect my entire body. It will bring trouble to my whole body. God wants us to view Meadowbrook in the same way. By his design, we are interdependent on one another. Every one of us affects the whole body, either positively, positively or negatively. God desires us to exercise our gifts and to give our service and to do our activities so that the body might be impacted in a positive way, not in a negative way. So we must recognize that we can have a positive or a negative impact on the church by obeying or disobeying God's call to faithfully, actively be part of his fellowship. Actively giving, serving, responding. And then finally, we're just thinking about what it is to be connected to Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook is led by and accountable to Jesus and responsible for one another. Jesus Christ is the head of this church. There is no doubt who heads this church. It is not this pastor. It is not our lay shepherds. It's not our staff. It's not the committees of teens. This church is head by one person and his name is Jesus Christ he paid the price for every member here it is his Holy Spirit who has joined us into this faith family and it is his mission that we pursue it's not mine it's not yours it's his I'm reminded of that it was his before I got here and it will be his when I leave it belongs to him Jesus leads Meadowbrook, and he has made it very clear in the Bible how Meadowbrook is to function and how we are to be structured and what it is that we are to pursue. Now, we need to understand that we are accountable to him because we belong to him. He will hold us accountable, both individually and collectively, regarding our faithfulness to our call, regarding our ability and our, our obedience to use gifts and servants and activities for the greater good of the body of Christ here at Meadowbrook. He longs to faithfully reward us for our obedience. He longs to give us eternal reward. One day we will stand before him and we will give an account of how we have used an investment every gift and talent and ability that he has treasured to us and oh how i long for that to be a day of great reward a reward for every one of us Kay and i have only just recently started investing in very specific ways and sometimes i've made mistakes in the investments that we have made and sometimes i've hit a home run and we've made some money off of that what I've learned in that process is I can stay dwelling on the things and the decisions that I've made in the past about investments. And I can dwell on that, but that won't make us a single dollar. It won't add anything 
to the treasure that God has entrusted to us. It won't allow us to give that money in any way. It won't allow us to use it for our family in any way. It is nothing to us because it's in the past. But what I can do is think about today. And what I can do is think about the investment of the future, and I can study to show myself approved as one who is investing wisely. In the same way, some of you have not been given to invest in the faith family of Meadowbrook. You've just sort of been sitting on the sideline and you've made decisions that have been negatively impacting the faith family. And you can choose to stay dwelling on that or you can choose to say, Lord, you're going to hold me accountable for everything that you have entrusted to me. I can't do anything about yesterday or the days before, but I can do something about today. And on that day of reward, I want to be found faithful for this day forward. I'm going to think differently and I'm going to invest differently and I'm going to live differently and I'm going to treat others differently and I'm going to walk in pursuit of the things of Christ differently because on that day I want it to be well done good and faithful servant so what are you going to do you're going to think about the past and all the things that you messed up or are you going to think about today and what God's calling you to do connecting to Meadowbrook means I'm thinking about today and I'm going to be faithful and obedient today it's the measure of grace that God's given to me. And God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of, to, of itself. Today, God's mercy has been renewed to us. Today, you and I can be faithful with the grace and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given, connecting in that way. Until we stand before him, we are responsible to one another. We don't live independently. We live connected to one another. You're connected to me, I'm connected to you, and you're connected to each other. So we're responsible for each other. We're responsible for each other's spiritual well-being. We are responsible to meet the needs of one another, to help carry the load, to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those who are rejoicing, to pray for one another and visit one another and serve one another and to give gifts to one another. We are responsible to one another. Let it be that we live responsibly united. Now, connecting to Meadowbrook is to be a member for sure. But it's so much more than that, isn't it? It's being unified in Christ and with one another. It's embracing the teachings of God's word and defending those teachings of biblical truth. It's exercising in gifts and service and activities to God through the church. It's being led by Christ, being accountable to him, and being responsible with each other. Are you connected? Are you connected? And what's the impact to this church? And what will the day be when you stand before the Lord and give an account for all that he's treasured? From this day forward, be connected. Now, I want you to respond to that. I want you to respond. One of the ways that you can respond today is by texting MB Next Step to 33222. And when you text MB Next Step to 33222, somebody today on our staff is going to reach out to you. And they're going to say, hey, obviously God has spoken to your heart today, and you've acknowledged that. How can I help you take the next step? 
What is the next step? Well, the next step might be to come to the Lord Jesus by faith to trust him for salvation. You've been on the edge, just sort of wondering what this is all about, wondering if God would ever bring change to your life. I can tell you he is bringing change to lives. The old passes away and everything becomes new when your faith is put in Jesus Christ, who alone is your Savior and Lord, as you trust in him. MB next step, 33222. That might be your next step. Others of you have never joined this faith family, and next step for you is just saying, count me in. I want to be connected to that faith family, and I want to be active in that faith family. I've been on the sidelines wondering if this is the place. I sense from the Spirit of God, this is the place. It's not what you're going to give to me. It's what I'm going to give an investment to the kingdom of God through Meadowbrook. I'm connecting to this church because I believe God wants to use me to give gifts, service, and activity to this church. That's next step. MB, next step, 33222. Others of you, you've been a member, but you've not been connected. You've seen yourself as independent in Christ and not interdependent on one another. You've seen yourself unified in Christ by your faith, believing you're going to be saved in the day of the salvation, but you've not seen yourself unified in the faith family. And today, next step is you saying, I want to be connected. I want to give gifts, I want to give service, I want to be active in this faith family. And when they call and ask you about that, you're going to say, next step for me is I want to get connected. Now, I'll have some people standing down front, as we always do. It's an opportunity for you to immediately respond. Somebody to look you in the eye, hear what you're saying, and pray for you on the spot. And we would love to be able to do that. Or maybe at the conclusion of this service, you'll walk right outside those doors. There's a fireplace going on right now. And as it is burning, there'll be somebody there, one of our staff right there. And next step for you might be to say to them, I'm ready. I want to be obedient and responsive to Christ. Now, Lord, our heart is conditioned. The word has spoken your Holy Spirit is prompting and moving, and now the response is ours. I pray that you're pouring out faith and grace in this moment, that this day would be a day that would transform our life in eternity. And I pray Jesus would be glorified in the midst of it all. In his holy name I pray, amen.